and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here if you'd like to join us. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. It is a Wednesday. We will hear from our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz is coming up here, the final segment of the show. That's about 90 minutes from now. In between, we'll have plenty of time for some buy, sell, or hold. Who knows what treats await you and I, Todd, when uh, we turn it over to the audience, because you know Aaron didn't come up with anything. So it's when, damn skippy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So when we turn it over to the audience to, to find out what they want us to opine upon, who knows what topics we will uh, we will be tackling. But before we get to all of that, speaking of Aaron, here's his one bit of work today. What happened while we were away? What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Peace in the Middle East. President Trump unveiled his Middle Eastern peace plan yesterday. The plan is to last for seven years and includes the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Gotcha. Just kidding. The real plan actually includes making Jerusalem Israel's full-time capital, recognizing the vast majority of Israeli settlements in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip as their own, and a plan to form a so-called Palestinian state with no army and a bevy of other items. The fake country of Palestine, your thoughts. In other news, Don Lemon of CNN apologized, not apologized, for making fun of Trump supporters. Ask anyone who knows me. They'll tell you. I don't believe in belittling people, belittling anyone for who they are, for what they believe, or where they're from. During an interview on Saturday night, one of my guests said something that made me laugh. And while in the moment, I found that joke humorous. And I didn't catch everything that was said. Just to make this perfectly clear... I was laughing at the joke and not at any group of people. Project Veritas released another undercover video of, well, you know the drill this time. They got Bernie Sanders staffers to talk glowingly about gulags and violent revolution. A lot of the stories were told in the United States about, you know, the gulags and the persecution of the kulaks and things like that are exaggerated. We certainly don't have uh, a, a, a straight perspective on that stuff here in America. It is unfortunate that we have to make plans for extreme action, but like I said, it's, they're not going to give it to us, even if Bernie is elected. We want to scare people off, so you kind of got to feel it out first before you get into the crazy stuff or more extreme organizations and stuff like Antifa, and, you know, you're talking about the yellow vests and all that, but... You know, we're kind of keeping that, keeping that in the, on the back burner for right now. Joe Biden was confronted by a Tom Steyer supporter in Iowa. Well, then you want to replace these gas lines. That's not going to work. We, no, no, no. we, we got to stop building and replacing pipelines. Go vote for somebody else. All right, thanks so much. Go vote for somebody else, Joe Biden says. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Mike Bloomberg is doing stuff. For those of you listening, what we're watching is a video of Mike Bloomberg appearing to try to shake the snout of a dog as one does learning spanish today today's phrase is mike bloomberg is a totally normal human person 
Mike Bloomberg es una persona humana totalmente normal. A new morning consult poll of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada shows Joe Biden leading with 26%, followed by Bernie Sanders and Tom Steyer, each with 20% and 17%. Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg hover around 10% to round out the top five. However, the final Iowa State University poll of Iowa shows Bernie Sanders leading the pack 24% to Elizabeth Warren's 19%. Pete Buttigieg is in third at 17%, while Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar lag behind with 15% and 11%. Moving on, drag queens will be featured for the first time ever in a primetime Super Bowl advertisement. The drag queens will premiere in an ad for Sabra Hummus products. Meanwhile, Fox is stonewalling Faces of Choice, a nonprofit whose advertisement features 14 survivors of abortion, and it was shown at the March for Life recently. Lyric Gillette, founder of Faces of Choice, told the pro-life website LifeSite News she's invested thousands of dollars and hundreds of working hours after the network approved her storyboard for the advert months ago. Gillette said the application was originally made in July, but that over the following months, members of the Fox legal department made a series of further inquiries without ever approving the application. Gillette said that they answered every question the legal team asked and provided all necessary documentation. Will you look me in the eye? Can you look me in the eye and tell me that I shouldn't be alive? Can you tell me that I didn't deserve to survive? Apparently, Fox Network's legal department can. And finally, the real legacy of Kobe Bryant, as told by ESPN's Kelly Duncan. I met Kobe one time backstage at an event for ESPN in New York. And I saw him and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's Kobe. And he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said. And then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, he said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad being a girl dad and that's what happened while we were away aaron's montage brought to you by rid which which offers you a reality check for your new year's resolution uh, how's it going to change your diet and lose weight well chances are you're having a lot of trouble fighting those cravings but there could be a possible solution known as rid developed by doctors backed by two u.s pat- patents rid is also the only FDA accepted product. I don't know why I can't, I can't talk today. Riduzone is also the only FDA accepted product, which is a bad problem when your job is talk show host. Riduzone is the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA, the natural occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster, burn stored fat while reducing your calorie intake as well. And Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings that can ruin your resolve. Face it, dieting alone is just too hard. Getting involved with your exercise can help quite a bit. Um, But when it comes to losing weight, that's only a part of the formula. And exercise has a much better uh, impact for you and your overall health as well. But if you want to lose weight, you've got to control your portion sizes and, and what you're eating, but how much 
even more so, all right? And the easy way to do that is with Riduzone. Use the promo code STEVE to get up to 65% off of your order. That's a massive discount. 65% off promo code STEVE when you go to their website, which is, again, the only place to get this vegan-friendly, gluten-free, FDA-accepted product, all right? Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, and use promo code STEVE for 65% off. Oh, and looky here, I forgot to throw this in too. Free shipping as well. Free shipping and 65% off at Riduzone.com, promo code STEVE. Let's get to the montage. We're going we're gonna to discuss Trump's uh, Middle East peace plan in the overtime today. So if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news for you. You're going to be able to get that later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet, though, a Blaze TV subscriber, going there will get you access to a discounted subscription at Blaze TV, which will let you watch today's overtime, but all of the other exclusive content that gets uh, produced every single day here at Blaze TV. blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash dace. Let's go. Is there just something about people that when they get a poop ton of money, they just get weird? You know? I'd like to find out someday. Well, <laughs> there we go. Lord, tempt me, tempt me thusly. Yes. Lord, lead me into that temptation, please, Jesus. Yes. I hear you. Aaron's been watching some TBN, but he's got a kindred spirit, right? You know it. But, you know, I, you guys know I'm a big NFL draft guy. And the Senior Bowl, I was watching some of the practices and stuff last week on the NFL Network. And Dabo Sweeney sitting over there, you know, in a ball cap and a pair of jeans, making nine mil a year. Just kind of hanging out, talking to people. Just laying out on the bleachers and, you know... Where's that plate? Is it Montgomery or Birmingham, Alabama? One of those plates? Mobile. It's in Mobile. Okay. And he's just hanging out in Mobile, Alabama, man. Just wearing some jeans and a ball cap. If you didn't watch college football, you'd have no idea that guy's making nine million a year. You'd have no idea. Just a, another Southern dude with one of those kind of, you know, friendly Southern names, like a like Dabo, right? Like no one, no one's having a kid at um you know, some hospital in L.A. today or in, uh, you know, Montpelier, Vermont, naming their kid Dabo. No one's doing that. Like, and it's probably never happened. Right. It just kind of has a little Southern charm to it. You'd never know this guy is, 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 you know, just sweating money. You'd never know. And but I don't know what it is. And maybe it's when the M goes to the B. Maybe it's maybe it's being a billionaire just turns you weird have you noticed this actually i think rich or poor people are this weird all the time you've seen somebody attempt to shake no but the um, snout of a dog no but they have versions of that all the time people's people are getting more and more neurotic it may make sense that they are what 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 would possess you just by way to put your hand near a dog's mouth like that i mean i i I, it's weird maybe he always dreamt of being a lion taber and that's the closest he got (laughs) it's and and it's you know it's mayors of new york too remember rudy giuliani tried cross-dressing for a while and we all forget that you know because he's like our new conservative hero now we forget that he at the mayor's mansion moved his mistress into the mayor's mansion while he was there while his wife was and kids were actually still living in the mayor's mansion we are forgetting all the reasons he got like four percent in the republican primary in 2008 because 
he's weird. Um, and then you had um, the his his predecessor, Mayor David Dinkins. Wasn't he known for wearing? Now I'm going way back in the machine. But wasn't he known for like wearing like a military hat around town? Uh, like he was some kind of you know. Dinkins, really? Yeah, Mayor Dinkins was some kind of like, he used to wear like a Colonel Patton, like army helmet. All right. Um, and then you've got Bloomberg who was caught. And and I have been to one of those uh, legendary corner pizza shops there in New York City. In fact, you know who took me is the guy, the, yeah, Rick Shafton, the pollster, who we didn't believe his poll last week. He picked me up from where I was staying in New York City and took me up to uh, Little Italy to one of those uh, legendary corner pizzerias where you eat that right out, right, right out there on the street. It was really good, by the way. And uh, remember that, uh, uh, what's his face? The current mayor who tried running for president and flunked out. Who de Blasio. Am I yeah, de Blasio was caught eating his pizza with a knife and a fork. Do you remember this? I do. And now you've got Bloomberg See? attempting yeah. to shake the snout of a dog. What do yeah. they do? Maybe, in fact, maybe it's not billionaires because Warren Buffett has some nutty beliefs, but he hasn't like gone like individually crazy, right? Okay. Maybe it's just being the mayor of New York City does this to you. Maybe that that position just turns you insane. I, I It's just, that's, Elizabeth Warren called and said, thank you. Thank you, Mayor Bloomberg. I am <laughs> I'm no longer the cringiest, most socially awkward candidate. I appreciate you being in the race. Let's get to the race. Uh, the final Iowa State poll. Aaron, I, I hate doing this to you live in the air, but I'm going sure. to. You don't, if you happen to have that graphic, can you throw it back up there yeah, one second. for just a second? And we'll chat about it. All right? And then when, when I see the graphic, I want to point something out to the audience. Um, but your reaction to just the top line results of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren being one, two in this survey, uh, what stuck out to you about this poll from Iowa state today? Uh, I don't trust the Warren stuff. And then it, it I think it was, wasn't it Buttigieg in a close, very close third Buttigieg to, and Biden are, well, Warren, Warren and Warren and Buttigieg are basically tied. If you look right, at the margin for error, Buttigieg and Biden are basically tied. If you look at the margin for error and then hovering right around there is Klobuchar at 11. Uh, I, I don't trust uh, the Warren stuff. And we've, I don't know, what is that? Like a handful of Iowa polls that we've had that have, since the Des Moines Register Iowa poll, and yeah. none of them look quite the same uh, all the way through. I just the I one constant being, except there's another poll out today from a group I've never heard of that has Bernie Sanders at 15 percent. Guys, I'm telling you right now, there's no way that's happening. No, no that's not okay. Right. But every other thing has had Bernie Sanders in first place. The rest of the order has been jumbled. There's something I want to point out about this graphic here in a second, okay? But you know, let, finish your point really quick. Yeah, the, the other thing, the, Klobuchar seems to be gaining some traction. It it the psych, So I think it all depends on the psychology of those rooms. Klobuchar should have done what I told her to do when she was on The View. What was this, two, three months ago? Back in November, I think. And she should have done what I told her to do then, which is at some point you've got to, you've got to create a viral moment and you've got to, um, you can't, you can't Rick Santorum this race. I, I know there's plenty of candidates for us to pillory and pan, but Rick Santorum was going up against, you know, a, a largely unknown Congresswoman who in Michelle, in Michelle, Michelle Bachman, Rick Perry got into this race way too late. 
Uh, Newt Gingrich was considered a political has-been. I mean, you're running against guys who have billions of dollars to spend uh, that are current members of the of, of the U.S. Senate. It's just a stronger field in terms of resume. You can't just trust that you're going to pull the Santorum and have all these people flame out and you're the last one left. You need to create a viral moment. And she should have created that viral moment two or three months ago and said, at some point, folks, the whole point of this is if we don't beat Donald Trump, this whole thing is just kvetching and irrelevant. And I'm just telling you right now, take it from me, somebody that has that has, that lives in a state that's two states within one. We have our college towns and our urban communities that are very liberal, and then our rural communities that are essentially Alabama. And I've got to win statewide. I got to, you know, I'm, I've got to be able to walk into places in rural Minnesota where folks are coming in from deer hunting season to hear me talk, and I got to make it look like I'm not a threat to their way of life. And if we can't walk into a room like that and do that in Ohio and in Florida and in North Carolina uh, and in Colorado and in Michigan and Wisconsin and in Pennsylvania, Donald Trump's going to win re-election. At some point, she should have just done that, and she never did. So I think it's too late for her. I think she got to have a respectable finish, but I don't think there's enough grist in the mill for her to pull a Santorum where she wins or loses by eight vo- votes or whatever it was on caucus night. There's one thing in this graphic, though, I want to point out, Aaron, if you could call it back up. The gray number there, for those of you that are list- that are watching today on Blaze TV, you're going to see this Iowa caucus poll from Iowa State University is broken down into first choice, second choice, and considering, all right? Um, look at the gray area for the most known candidate in the race, Joe Biden. He has the smallest block in this poll of people considering him. And he's in in fourth place in this poll at 15%. That, to me, if that's accurate, all right, and I don't know the Democrat base well enough. I've not been an activist uh, in the Democratic Party for a, a decade plus like I was in the Republican Party. So I think I know that base pretty good. Um, all I know about the Democratic base is looking at it from, you know, the opponent point of view of I want to defeat those people in the next election. But I, I don't know the intimacies from a first person viewpoint. OK, but I will tell you this. If if I were managing, if I were running Joe Biden's Iowa caucus campaign, and this does matter nationwide, I'm just telling you right now. You can talk about black voter firewalls in South Carolina. It's a long ass three weeks between Iowa and and South Carolina when you were the national front runner for a year in these in these beauty pageant polls. And the first time we take a vote, you finish in fourth place. And in the meantime, he's telling people not to vote yep. for him when they come up and yes. talk with him. And you have no momentum going into New Hampshire. All you want this idea that those voters in South Carolina aren't going to react. To what they've seen it happen in Iowa and New Hampshire. That's just not how this works. That's not how human nature works. But we'll have that conversation here in a few weeks after we get through Iowa. But the the Iowa the the Joe Biden, and this is true for all these candidates. At this late stage, this is now where the national campaigns come in. They've they've let the the local teams run this for a long period of time. This is when the national people came in. The national people and the cruise people in the cruise campaign came in at this late juncture. And that's when they ran those stupid mailer surveys that I thought for sure there was no way our campaign was dumb enough. Do you remember those to send those out? And I even went on Twitter and said, I'm just going to tell you, I know everything going on in this campaign and these aren't from us. And I got a call from one of the national gals and said, actually, they... The national people just bypassed you and did this. 
So I'm like, well, thank you for, you know, uh, not consulting with those of us who laid the groundwork for the last eight months here in these final couple of weeks. All right. But that's now the stage that we're at. In the last couple of weeks, the national people have come in now because the national campaign and, and the Iowa and New Hampshire pay- campaigns are now essentially one. Because it does matter where you finish here. And if I were on the Joe Biden presidential campaign, the, the thing that would concern me the most about that Iowa State University poll now. You know, it's a public poll. I will tell you, it, in, in my in, in in my experience, I trust. I tend to trust, unless you've got somebody like an Ann Seltzer with a with a track record. I tend to trust the unit, the local university polls from a public polling standpoint, a lot more than. Uh, then you would get a, a national company that would come in and pull a state. Like one of the things everybody's always waiting for the Marquette University poll in Wisconsin because that's the, you know, that, that's the that, that's the red letter poll, right? In your home state, all right. So what would concern me is that I am the best known candidate. I am in fourth place in this poll, and I have the fewest amount of people that are still considering me. If that is even remotely true. This is where you're listening to Carl Lewis sing the national anthem and you're like, uh-oh, that's what I'd be saying over if I wasn't working in the job. If that was my candidate, I'd be like, uh-oh. And you can give me all the 538 forecasts. They've got him with a 45% odds to win the, you know, Lottie freaking da. I don't care about any of that. You finish in, with 15% in the Iowa caucuses, you don't have 45% odds to win the nomination. I promise you, you do not. You don't, Period. Period. End of sentence. You don't. Especially since and you didn't argue with me at the time, so I think you agreed. But logically, with the Bernie ascendancy as front runner, you would have thought he's the most logical firewall for people to ultimately like, okay, we've been messing around long enough, but we can't do this Bernie thing. We've got to go around Joe. If they're not doing it, it's it's game over. Yeah. And now you do start because here's the other thing that shows you is this may be a place now where a Pete Buttigieg and especially an Amy Klobuchar can finish a lot higher than what people think. All right. Because if, if with, because what that last graphic tells you is that the ads look great, but when I, that clip that Aaron showed where he told that voter to go vote for somebody else, I didn't even realize who that was. You told me during the montage, I've known that guy for 15 years. I just haven't talked to him in a long time. That's his name's Ed Fallon. He is a he was a once um, uh, infamous leftist legislator, but really fun, personable dude. I'd actually get him to come on my show and debate me at times when I was local here in Iowa. And a true right. believer, he like, is a not a poser. I mean, he's not yes. he's yes. not Bernie Sanders exactly, but he's a, you believe he believes yes. what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that's a guy. That, and, and by the by way of being a former state legislator, he's he he's not as politically viable as he was when he was in office, but that he's got organizational ties. He can bring people with him to a caucus. You you don't want you don't want to say that to anybody in a caucus because because in, in Iowa, because you don't really know who you're talking to most of the time. And it could be somebody who's uh you know, a church lady that, you know, wherever she goes, 30 people come to the caucus with her every time. You don't you don't know stuff like that. And if you're saying to a former state legislator, I'll just go vote for somebody else then. Well, okay, maybe I will. And I'll take 10 or 15 people that, you know, love me and put me in the, in the state legislature and support all my causes. I'll, I'll take them with me. And 
there's so many of these gaffes and everything else that what it tells you is that Joe Biden failed the retail politic game in Iowa. Failed it. Um, so that's if it's accurate. That's if it's true. But if it is, if, if I were over at Joe Biden headquarters right now, A, if I were on the Iowa team, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be considering that on February 4th, I'm going to need another job because they're not taking them t- taking me with them <laughs> beyond here, all right, if we're going to finish anywhere close to that. B, if I were on the national team, I, I might be thinking about, I, wouldn't, I wonder if there is a place for me on a Bernie Sanders campaign because that's his whole MO. I'm the, I'm the guy that it can be electable. I'm Uncle Joe. I'm the guy people like. I'm the, I, I can put a, you know, I can put a smile on that face. And after being in this process for nine, 10, 11 months, if you fail that most, and your name is Joe Biden, like people aren't voting for Bernie Sanders because they want a warm fuzzy. They're voting for Bernie Sanders because they want a revolution. They want something different. They want a disruption. You're voting for Joe Biden. What did you call him? What was your nickname for him? The, the safety school? Yes, that's why. You view him as a safe place where a, a lot of the different factions within the Democratic Party can project their ultimate wishes upon him because their ultimate wish is to do what? Defeat Donald Trump. But if, but if, if you can't pass that most basic retail, either you make me uncomfortable, you make me feel awkward, there's the creepy Joe factor, it's the, you know, did he chew on too much aluminum before he came out because he doesn't remember where he's at or who he is? I, that internal tab... I don't know what you guys think, but from my expertise, if it's true, if that's accurate, that's a that's a bad omen going forward for the Joe Biden campaign. In my to- opinion. Totally agree. I can see him finishing in fifth place here in Iowa. I'm back to that. I'm kind of defaulting to all my, I'm feeling way more con- comfortable with all my original predictions now. And I think it could end up playing out very, very badly for Joe. Yeah. And with the polls, the, the many polls, including that Iowa State one that have actually shown Bernie Sanders surging, as we've talked about in Iowa, we're now under a week away from the caucus. You, I mean, Sanders is peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. There's very little, very little, barring a catastrophic event, there's very little time. If that is true, if, that's, if it's true what the Iowa State is saying, uh, that Iowa State poll is saying, it's, there's very little time to do anything anything about it and i think what i think this is a a fruition of what we've seen since what when was the first debate may May or june Mm -hmm. where uncle joe just doesn't doesn't have it and it's gotten progressively progressively worse over time and you can see now especially the last few weeks as people are really starting to pay attention here in iowa that they're not buying whatever it is that he's selling because i don't think he knows what he's selling either i'll give one more piece of free advice to the Amy Klobuchar people here in the final days. Try to create your viral moment. Step up to the plate and just say, Joe Biden can't get this done. Can't get it done. And that's, and and you know who knows this? The Obamas. That's why they haven't endorsed him this entire time. He can't get us there. We have to beat Trump we all know Bernie Sanders is Jeremy Corbyn because I can promise you there's no place, sister, there's no place for you in a Bernie, somebody like you 
that's trying to actually, you know, uh, not alienate those who disagree with you on a, every active uh, uh, level. There's there's no place for you in a, in the Soviet regime. I can I can promise you that. Okay, Bernie Sanders has no place for you. So I, I think if I were her, if I were advising her, I, I'd take this Iowa State University poll, see if it lines up with our own data, and if it does, I'd walk right into I, I'd corner my candidate and say, this this is the time heading into the weekend. Put your marker down. Because there's, we're not, we we've got no shot to, with somebody like Bernie, and if he's the winner anyway, Bernie Jeremy Corbyn, he can't win. We all know it. All right, I'm the one candidate in this race who has who has won in places where not everybody agrees with us all of the time, and Joe Biden, I think, has demonstrated he can't get us there. Make your play. This is where you go all in right now. If if you're at the main event poker table, this is your all-in moment. If I'm on the Amy Klobuchar campaign, that would be my advice. Now, but go I big or go home she... is typically my advice in every situation. That's just how I'm wired anyway. But I would really mean it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I I think if she was going to do that, it would have it would have happened already. I think if she was capable of doing that. It would have happened already. I agree. I agree. But I still would. But. Otherwise, if they stay this segmented, he's going to be the nominee. He's going to be the nominee. You, you, it's, I, trust me. It's, I've been in this role. It is very difficult. Once the momentum and inertia of the, of the voting process of the calendar gets going on you, to then try in real time to, to manage a, and, 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 and your coalition to expand it. That's when you need to capitalize on it. So now's the time, if you're Amy Klobuchar, to make that kind of a play. We'll have some bias seller hold here next. Fake collusions. Fake allegations, gun confiscation, killing babies, open borders. This is the future uh, that the American left is planning for all of America. And they're funded by a lot of major corporations. I've, I've talked before that political scientists keep saying we're overdue for a major political realignment in America, but we've had one. Corporate America, politically realigned. It, it went from... Uh, lining up with us because it hated big government getting in the way of its profit motive to then just largely being neutral to now with limited exception it is it is monetizing and mobilizing directly against us and you're going to see that trust me on sunday night when you watch the super bowl and look at a lot of these ads trust me you're going to see that all right so when we have the opportunity and it doesn't always present itself, unfortunately. But when it does, the opportunity for us to work with those that share our values and aren't taking our money and mobilizing against them, it's a good idea to take full advantage of it. And that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. It's the only mobile phone company protecting the Constitution and American values with every call you make by donating a portion of your bill to conservative causes. And they don't just talk to the talk. They walk the, life, walk the walk, like participating in the March for Life uh, and the Pro-Life Summit here uh, recently. So with plans starting at just $25 a month, what are you waiting for? And they've got plans that come with unlimited talk, text, and the same reliable nationwide service with no hidden fees. 
that you get from the big boys as well. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. And when you use that offer code, Steve, you get a free month of service and a free gift when you open a new line. A free month of service and a free gift when you open a new line at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Again, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524. 7524 or again patriotmobile.com slash steve let's get to it it's this week's edition of buy sell or hold aaron will present a usually provided by the audience a series of propositions positions and predictions todd and i you will todd you and i will decide i still can't talk todd you and i will decide if we are buying that or we're selling that hopefully we have at least one good reason why that is the case once per episode of course you are permitted to hold though it is rarely used because the dude code calls for you to be scourged and scorned for punking out and failing to take a position aaron all right, we'll start with David Schoen, who says Sanders will win Iowa and New Hampshire and Biden will win South Carolina. But the margin of victory in all cases will be so drastic that the DNC will place a more diverse state first in 2024 rather than ask any existential questions. I'm going to sell. Me too. In general, th- that many compound sentences in your proposition, I'm just going to sell on because you're, you're just asking for too much dot connecting. Okay, Um, but the diversity issue isn't the I was not the issue. I mean, the caucus process actually helps their most left wing candidates. Bernie Sanders, anybody. Pete Buttigieg, anybody. Okay, because who's the most worked over by this? I mean, we've been talking this whole process about that. Joe Biden is hoping to get to these southern states where there's a large black voting population. Right. The people that are the most worked over by intersectionality and its propaganda are actually the white woke brigade. They live in neighborhoods like where Todd and Aaron and I live. Aaron and I live in the same suburb. Todd lives in an exurb on the other side of the, uh, of, 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 uh, of, of town here, just a little bit more on the outskirts. But it's the white people that live in those neighborhoods or around college campuses that are the ones that are the most worked over by this. That's why... That, that's, that's why Pete Buttigieg is soaring here and not in a state that has more racial diversity in its, uh, in, in, in its uh, primary system like South Carolina. It's, it's why Joe Biden is doing better in South Carolina than he's doing in Iowa. So, no. no it, it, it's like I told you before. There, there, Don Lemon's – is he the only primetime cable news host who's black in, on all three networks right now? Does Joy Reid still have a show? We all... she, but isn't she like at the like at five a.m. on yeah. Sundays or something okay. now? Okay, but I mean prime time on a weeknight, the, you know, the real time slot. Is, is, he, is, is he the only Black American that has a show? I don't know the whole prime time lineup at MSNBC, yeah. but I think everybody else is white, aren't they? On all three networks, I can't think of anybody okay. else. He has like no Black audience, guys. White people are watching that. So, um, no, I think your premise. Is starts from the wrong place. So, sell. Yeah, hard sell. I, I just saw somebody uh, talking about how it should be uh, Ohio, a state like Ohio 
leading things off because of its diversity. I, I haven't seen any polling, but I have no probably wagering a significant amount that Joe Biden has a much better chance sure. of winning Ohio right out of the gate go than to those, Iowa. Go to Cuyahoga and Hamilton counties, which basically delivered that state for Obama twice. Absolute. Why? Because the overwhelming uh, uh, black populations in those states, if Ohio was first, if Ohio was first, primary state. Joe you Biden, understand the if Ohio the was first, Joe Biden would be the nominee. If Ohio was first, if Ohio was first, Joe Biden would be the nominee. So I, I, I think that we have this backwards. And, and I think it's because a lot of us that are conservative whites have not had a lot of interaction with people that aren't conservative whites. We just, we just, we just haven't. Okay. And I'm, I'm just telling you that the blacker and browner you get in the democratic party, the more socially conservative you get and black and Brown America collectively are more socially conservative than white America is. The argument isn't about these issues. In these communities, the argument is about, I'm just telling you again, because I've recruited candidates to run for Iowa legislature in these kinds of districts, worked with them, helped, consulted with them. They didn't knock on a door. I mean, the, the, the woman who voiced Margaret Sanger for us earlier this week is one of these candidates I'm talking about that I worked alongside. When, when she knocked on the door in these diverse neighborhoods, working class neighborhoods. And she got elected, by the way. No one slammed the door on her face because she was pro-life with exceptions or without exceptions. She didn't even run on pro-life. She ran on personhood and that was 10 years ago when no one knew what the term meant. Okay, because she was, that was Ron, that was originally a Ron Paul term and she's a, she, that's what she was a Ron Pauler. She, she, no one slammed the door on her. You know, now, that's not to say no one would. You know where they'd slam the door on her face? In the suburbs and exurbs and around the college towns where, where people like us live, they would. But in these working class neighborhoods that were more diverse and more socioeconomically diverse, they're like, yeah, it makes sense not to kill your own kid. But I'm not voting for you because you're a Republican and you hate working class people like me. How did Donald Trump, why did he get, Donald Trump said in a presidential debate, guys, in front of 100 plus million people, he said, I'm going to appoint just, he didn't say I'm going to appoint pro-life justices. He said on camera, I'm going to appoint justices that are going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And then when he got challenged on it, he didn't back down. To his credit, he said, I know what'll happen. It's going to go back to the states where they should decide and the voters should decide. And that's what I want. Not nine justices at the U.S. Supreme Court deciding. Now, all those Republican consultants like Rick Wilson laughing at you that, that the Mitt Romney's and McCain's and Bush's of the world have made mind-numbingly rich by hiring and listening to all these years. They always told those guys, when, hey, you know, give a speech at Liberty University with Jerry Falwell Sr., George H.W., and, uh, you know, John McCain, uh, you know, have your, do you do the same thing and your photo op, but, but you know, and, and give some generic, you know, line about judicial appointments, but you can't say stuff like, I want to overturn Roe with your judges. You'll lose all the swing voters. Trump said it. And it better with swing voters than any of those guys did. So the issue here aren't these cultural social issues. They're not offended by this. Chances are, you know what? 
I'm going to say it. I'm going to blow your mind. There is a far greater likelihood that the white person that you're doing Republican Party activism with is going to be more offended by the notion that we shouldn't allow anybody other than heterosexuals to marry and we shouldn't kill any unborn babies than the average black and brown person in America is going to be offended by that. And I promise you that's true. Chances are the average white person that voted for Marco Rubio in the last primary cycle. Come on now, I'm just going to preach now. Okay, chances are the average person that voted for Marco Rubio or Jeb Bush in the last Republican primary cycle anywhere in America is going to be more offended by those notions than the average black and brown person that voted for Hillary Clinton. The issues here are that it's not been the social issues that have stopped us from going into these communities. First of all, the Republicans don't care about those issues. The issues that have stopped us from an ability to go into these communities have been the economic ones. They just think we're a bunch of corporate whores. That's the issue. That, that, that's what gets the door slammed in your face. Oh, you just care about corporate America. You don't care about me. It's not, hey, I go to church every Sunday and believe the Bible. That's, that's you know, Grandma Nana there with a rolling pin that she uses to whip her four kids into shape. That's the baseline expectation in her home. Like, you don't even, that's why Pete Buttigieg has negative percent in these communities, guys. I cannot stress this point enough. And and I know those of you that are loyal, longtime listeners to this are like bored because you've heard this so many times, but we're at, this show is growing and we're adding people that have been worked over by Fox News and GOP talking points. Everything you've been told about elections is wrong. Everything. I promise you it's wrong. It's all, everything Fox News has told you about elections and how they're won is wrong. It's completely wrong. And the data supports this. How Donald Trump won supports this. He was supposedly going to create the greatest racial backlash of all time. Do you know he won Wisconsin with fewer votes than Mitt Romney received in 2012 when he lost? Do you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? Mitt Romney, I think, had like something like 20 some odd thousand more votes in Wisconsin, your home state, in 2012, and he lost to Obama by like five points. Donald Trump won the state with fewer votes than Mitt Romney received. Everything you've been told is wrong. Everything is. Why? Because the Republican Party's number one goal is to control you. And these people running the Republican Party would rather lose elections to Democrats than lose to people like you. And if you ever if were ever truly informed of the amount of power and leverage you have in that party, you wouldn't have waited 43 damn years for a president to show up at the March for Life, but you would have ended this scourge known as abortion 25 years ago. Everything you think about minority voters is wrong. Everything. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. And I and I and if if there's any service I can do to the cause, 
between now and when they finally yank this microphone out of my face, it's probably just to keep re along with the theological stuff we do, it's just to keep reinforcing these points over and over and over and over and over again. White people are your problem, not black and brown people. White people are your problem. Every bad idea in Western civilization in the last 50 years, its mustard seed was planted by somebody white. Every bad idea. Somebody white and affluent and worked over. Every last one. Every last one. Where did Barack Obama go to school? Where did he go to school? You remember? He went to the Ivy League. He didn't go to like Morehouse. He didn't go to Grambling. He went to the freaking Ivy League and got worked over by the Cloward Piven plan. Every, and by the way, white, every bad idea, white people, affluent, everyone, every last one, every last one. Rove and the whole operation that infested Fox News for years, lying to you about, well, it's independent. You know, Mitt Romney won independence in 2012, won them and lost bad. Everything you've been told is a lie. Everything is a lie. Because both of these parties, it goes back to what I said about that clip yesterday, or a couple of days ago, the lemon clip. That's not just what leftists think. Rick Wilson had almost every Republican you've nominated for president prior to Trump in the last 25 years on flipping speed dial. First name basis with any of them. They all think this way about you. It's why you've got a bu- Daniel Horowitz has a story up today. A bunch of Republican senators. Let's ship in more cheap labor. They hate you. The whole system does. Maybe they have different reasons why. But the whole system does. You've got far more in common with black and brown America. Then you do the white suburbanite neighbors you have that are going to go caucus for Pete Buttigieg on Monday. And I promise you that. I promise you that. Some of those same black and brown folks, when, when the shooting starts, they'll, they'll be by your side before most of your suburban and exurban neighbors will be. Your suburban and exurban neighbors are going to be the ones that are going to take them right to your front door. Yet they didn't put their kids in the public schools to learn that drag queen story time hour is just a cost of freedom. You don't have black intellectuals writing drag queen story time hour is the cost of freedom. Who's writing that? White affluent people are. White affluent people are. Well, Steve, I, I see a bunch of ra- radical, intellectual black people on MSNBC. Where were they all educated? Where'd they all go to school? Who runs those schools? They didn't learn that crap at Grambling. They didn't learn that crap at Alabama A&M. That's not where they learned that. Where'd they learn it? They learned that crap at our schools. That's where they learned it. Any thoughts on that? I think we should let that stand. Yeah. And it's probably wise for you guys to do so and let me take the heat for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. John Endicott says the Astros players not being punished by Major League Baseball for their sign stealing is a bigger scandal and does more long lasting damage to the game than the sign stealing itself. Of course. And this is a total joke. I, I agree. I mean, um, it's the question we had Kurt Schilling on the overtime last week at, talking about this and what what says what stays in the over says said in the overtime stays there because it's exclusive for our subscribers. But just to give you a, a mild spoiler, I asked him, "Tell me how these penalties de-incentivize a franchise from doing this in the future." And he pondered it for a second and didn't have a good answer. And if you know Kurt Schilling for five seconds, he'll give he he'll, he's usually can come up with something uh, on his feet. Okay, so um, it remind these penalties reminded me of the NCAA. Um, you know, taking, uh, telling players that didn't play on a team five years later, you, you're out of the postseason or take a banner down. So what, man? So what, I mean, it's not like we don't remember who won that. You know, I'm wearing my, my block M today. We lost a national championship to a team that was literally recruited by strippers and hoes, literally, literally recruited by strippers and hoes. Literally. That's not a, that's not an exaggeration. They were literally recruited by strippers and hoes. Are Louisville fans like, boy, I guess I just don't remember that we won that 2013 NCAA tournament. And before I get on my high horse, I'm like, dude, put the Fab Five banners back up, man. I don't care how much money Ed Martin paid Chris Martin or Chris Weber. Why the hell do I care? You want me to pretend like I didn't watch those games for, th- for two years? Of course I did. These penalties, these penalty structures do not de-incentivize future behavior. And that's, that's the problem. Because ultimately, who do you, you really have to punish the people who are responsible for implementing these cheating systems. And if you're not willing to do that, then Todd, what is the point of any of this? Yeah, uh, boo the Astros mercilessly this year. We'll come back more buy, sell, or hold here, and I'll try not to preach. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here as well. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz will join us here at the bottom of the hour. Your weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will take us inside politics then. If you are listening today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, wherever you choose to podcast from, because the more of those we get, the better this show grows and the more likely we are to get to continue doing this show for you. All right, so thank you to the thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews. If you like the show and haven't done so, please consider taking some time out of your schedule to do so here today. Part two of Buy, Seller, Hold brought to you by Home Title Lock, which wants to warn you, don't be like Deborah because she got her home stolen. Now, we're not talking about the thieves stealing her stuff in her home. They, they literally stole the actual home itself. Now, the FBI calls this home title theft. It's one of the fastest growing white collar crimes in the country. And the story, like this one, that's why we protect our home with Home Title Lock as well. Deborah says the criminals found the title to her home online filled out fraudulent documents claiming they owned it, and it even gets worse. They, she was evicted from her home, her, her own home. She was evicted 85 large, $85,000 in equity, gonzo, gone. That's a lot of people use their home equity as their retirement nest egg. 
the biggest, best investment they have, gone. Nobody believes your home can be stolen this easily, but the FBI and Deborah beg to differ. So first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And then sign up to help protect the legal title to your home so that you don't end up like Deborah. All right, to get you started, how about 60 risk-free days of protection? That's 60 risk-free days of protection if you go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Let's continue with Buy, Seller, Hold, Aaron. We'll move on next to Grant Asaski, who says terrestrial radio and cable news slash TV, as we know it, will be completely irrelevant in the next 10 years. Bye. Help me. This is more well, of your jam, geek jam. I would. There, will it exist? Yes. But as it will be supplemented. I mean, you're going to it's 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 going to be far more democratized. That's this is. You know what? It's can I go back to my answer for just a second? Then I'll hand it off to you. Yeah, he's a hundred percent right about it on terrestrial radio. Hundred percent right, because and and you're already seeing with the major corporations like iHeart and Cumulus, they're already putting so much news, weather, and traffic in their local programming because they they know that that eventually, since I can get on my phone and use my 4 or 5G and drive anywhere in the country and listen to any show or any podcast I want or get or get satellite radio the one thing those things can't provide for me in real time is that kind of a local news bent that kind of a local news angle right so but you're 100% right about terrestrial radio cable news will still exist in some way shape or form it will be somewhat viable but it will be more democratized as well that's why you're seeing entities like one America news you're seeing entities like the blaze um what's this one that um uh dana lash first yeah that's another one that's starting up you're going to see a lot more of these kinds of things now because the digital technology um is not going to permit a fox news to have a stranglehold on viewership uh like it has in the past so i wouldn't say cable news will be completely irrelevant but they're going to have to diversify the way that they reach their audience than just linear um, connections on Time Warner Cable or DirecTV. What he said. I'll buy it. All right. Moving on. Rev AG says Jimmy Garoppolo will be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, I will sell. Because I think for that to happen, he's got he's to outplay Pat Mahomes. And I don't see that happening. Um and I think if the 49ers win, I, I, I think it's 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 possible that there's a direct correlation into how many times Jimmy Garoppolo throws the has to throw the football to whether the 49ers win or not. If they can't run the football, they're not going to win the game. If, if they can't dominate the game running the football, because the other quarter the other quarterback is too good. So I'm going to sell. I I, I think the recipe to a 49ers Super Bowl win is not Jimmy Garoppolo being the MVP sell it'll you know they have like that three-headed running back i think and one of them might be in, but you know it's going to be some guy like like timmy smith on the redskins that you really had never uh, heard that's of. going 30 years back yeah. but yeah he ran for 200 yards yeah. against the broncos uh, to me I, I think if if the chiefs win i'm sorry if the 49ers win i don't know that any of the running backs will get that many carries to have that kind of an effort that they'll try to, uh, to spread it around if i think if the 49ers win I could see on offense, I could see a George Kittle being MVP. Um, 
because I could see him catching a couple of touchdowns and then being a force in the run blocking. And then I could also see somebody like um, Nick Bosa being the MVP. Somebody yeah. just comes off the edge, is unblockable all game, is in Pat Mahomes' grill, and gets three or four sacks. Or that, like, who was that cornerback? Or, didn't the cornerback of the safety on the Steelers, who had an interception, a big interception, against the Seattle, end up getting the yeah, MVP? Yeah, I know you're thinking of. You're, is, is, are you thinking of... Um, uh, we, well, Richard Sherman is on the 49ers now. That was on those Seahawks teams. No, you know, the the Mike Holmgren one. But some random turnover, that a guy who has yeah. a big pick or something, because it's all it, all of the big plays are kind of spread out. Yeah, the Steelers, or the, the Cowboys, the last Super Bowl they won with the triplets, with, with Irvin, Emmett, and Aikman, and they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. That's what it and was. And some guy, Larry Washington or somebody, That's James Washington it, had two interceptions That's and was what the it, yes. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Jacob Hibbert says Kobe Bryant is part of the NBA's Mount Rushmore. My my daughters asked me this when we were watching. They said, "Is he is he one of the top three? And I said, yeah, I, think, I, "I think he's a better player than LeBron James." I've always thought that. Oh, I'd take him over LeBron. I just said I don't think I don't know if I could put him in top three. You give me top five, I'll definitely put him in top five. So right in the middle with the Mount Rushmore thing. Yeah. That's why I for the, that's why I I don't even entertain the notion that LeBron is better than Jordan because I I, I think Kobe is better than LeBron. If you, um, if you take centers out of the mix, which are such a different animal and almost a different debate to me, I I put him on Mount Rushmore. If you take centers out of the mix, I, I would have Jordan. the The problem you have, I'd have Jordan Chamberlain. You know, Abdul Jabbar was such a force of nature and has all those stats, but um, to me, I, I think Chamberlain was the more dominant player. So I'd have Jordan, I'd have Chamberlain. Man, it gets real tough. Then you start. I, know. I mean, you've, you, you've got um, you know Oscar Robertson averaging a, a triple double. Although we've now seen Russell Westbrook do that, I think a couple of times. Um, where do you put magic in there? Although he also benefited from playing with um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar many of those years. Uh, Jerry West is the logo. Where do you put Larry Bird? Um, you know, gun to my head, I will go. <laughs> this is hard. Gun to my head, I will go slowly. Um, I will go. Please don't pull the trigger yet. I'm thinking still. All right, I'm going to go Jordan. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go with it. Jordan. Chamberlain, uh, Kobe, and I will, and you know what? I'll go ahead and put LeBron on there because I do think he's a top five, top 10 overall player. I just don't think of all time. I just think Kobe was better and Kobe was, a, was, was better in the playoffs and, and didn't have to, I mean, he had two different, three different supporting casts when he won his championships. He didn't have to like move to another franchise and build a and build really a super team to to get off the schneid. So those would be the those would be my top four. But man, I've I've left off Bob Cousy. I've left off Magic Johnson. I've left off Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I mean, I've 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 left off Carl Malone, who I think is the number three all time scorer in NBA history. Right. Okay. So I mean, I've, I've left a lot of good players off, but you only get four, right? So I'm going to go with those four. All right. 
All right, uh, Bradley Schick says, and I know this sounds like a joke. I want us to take it dead serious. Uh, Bradley says, to increase sales, Just for Men Hair Care will release Just for Trans Women with the same formula. Bye. I, I, folks, there, is, there will be no restraining of this. Well, let me rephrase that. There is one scenario where, minus spiritual revival, you can get some, some form or modicum of restraint. And, but the problem is, Ricky Gervais and Pierce Morgan are, are both in the UK. You're going to have to get a couple of people like that. You know, and I don't know enough about him to say if a, if a, if a lefty like a Joe Rogan could be a guy like that. But you're going you're gonna to need to get a couple of people with major platforms that are just going to have to stand up and say, dude, I, I think we, everybody should have a right to health care. But this is blank and nuts. And, and enough is enough is enough. And you're going to need, because that's the kind of coalition it's going to take to convince corporate America to stop uh, pimping and promoting this. But barring that, revival or bust. Revival or bust. Well, that, that is, people don't know that's what's happening right now, but that kind of person is actually speaking right now. And it's Kobe Bryant with gir- hashtag girl dad. I know you've posted mm-hmm. about that. That's what that's saying. Mm-hmm. Are you, oh, Kobe Bryant, uh, the guy who has four daughters, like I, I do, and has now found his place. He's he's actually coaching, hands-on. He's not just, yeah, that's somebody else's problem. I'm doing my thing. And he's trying to run a business. He's uh, a lot of businesses, hands in a lot of different things. But he loved that. I mean, in a way that, I mean, I had seen the clips, not really embracing this. Kobe Bryant is telling you that's all nonsense. And over my dead body, quite frankly, there's not a part. You can, it's either a girl dad or or... I mean, he means specifically a specific thing that we all understand and we're all crying about right now, but then we're going to go lose our damn minds again and pretend that that's not reality. Kobe Bryant is telling you right now from the grave, stop your nonsense. These girls are special. These girls are precious. These girls are unique. I loved being their dad. So all you other dads, stop being boneheads. And listen to Kobe Bryant. Bacon says, talking on the phone while using a public restroom is not only a dude code violation, but should also be a federal crime. I'm a hard sell. Sell. I mean, I, I mean, too, dude, I can't, I, I can't think of few things that are more dude than I'm not even, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to even waste the time. I'm going to maximize the time I'm sitting here. I have so little um uh concern about what you think about me then i'm just gonna roll this out right here dude i i i kind of think that's a dude code move actually i think it's a next level dude code move which is why i do it often so i'm gonna sell this is what i was talking about before with that bloomberg thing though people are weird everywhere they like they have fetishes of all different kinds that drive them bonkers you know, there's another photo of Bloomberg doing that exact same thing to another dog, trying to shake shake the snout like you'd shake a hand. Are you serious? Yeah, there's another photo uh, floating around. Maybe to so him, he cool. thinks he looks tough. He's sticking his hand into the mouth of like, I don't care. That dog ain't going to scare me. Maybe that's what he thinks. Could be. Could be. 
Uh, Millennial Falcon says, in a bold move to show just how much impeachment trial is a circus, someone bet Chief Justice John Roberts that he could somehow work the word pettifogging into the hearings, and John Roberts won the bet. Remember last uh, last week, he actually did drop the word pettifogging in some comments that he made. Sell. I, I'm going to sell because I, I don't remember that. I didn't know he said it, and... I can't respond to something I can't verify because I don't I don't know what's going on there. I've not watched a half second, nanosecond of it, and so I don't. It would probably be the most serious thing to come out of this impeachment hearing, though, if this is true. Yeah, I don't. The, I, I can't. I got to sell. I don't. I don't know what happened there. All right, all right. The guy. I don't know. Who's so proud of himself that he ignored the explicit arguments of the Obama administration and did them a solid uh, by not listening and calling the thing that wasn't supposed to be a tax a tax to get Obamacare legal. That same guy is just like, has dreams to use words like pedophogging. So it, no, he didn't get yeah, that. In fact, I think I can also state blanketly that the use of the word pedophogging should that ever occur, is in and of itself a dude code violation. All right? Yeah, if you're on the cell phone next to me in the urinal and you use the term pedophile, yes, then yeah. we'll have something to talk about. A- a- absolutely. That that person should be dragged out back and uh, instantly administered corporal punishment uh, as, a, as an immediate intervention for the road that they're heading down. All right? It, it, I, no one, no one that pees standing up Ever, and I mean ever, has the need to use the word pedophogging. Do we even know what pedophogging is? I looked it up because I've never heard it because I'm a dude. And it means placing an undue emphasis on petty details, according to dictionary.com. I, I love the definition. It just needs a cooler word. Yeah. Like... Uh... Well, I can think of several, but they petty fogging sounds like something you do when 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 you're on you're in the eighteen wheeler and you pull over at the rest area, and it's trucker Glock who wants it. All right, petty fogging sounds like something that goes on backstage at a Pete Buttigieg event. Dudes, do not, do not ever, ever. In fact, Pete Buttigieg would never use the term petty fogging ever. Moving on, Craig Welling says Bernie gets the nomination and takes Amy Klobuchar as vice president. Sell. I I don't believe there'll be any form of moderation or consideration. No, Che Guevara doesn't conquer the trailer park and then turn around and say, you know what, let me be magnanimous here. Nope, that's not how Soviets roll. Not happening. AOC has a much greater chance, yep. and I'm not sure she has a chance either. I don't think she, she has much of a chance. A, a useful it's just a idiot. Hell of now. a lot more than Amy Klobuchar yeah. has. Yeah, yeah. No, no, dude, dude. This is if he wins this thing, Jeremy Corbyn's taking a four month victory lap. Are you kidding me? He won his argument with history. You have to understand, Bernie Sanders isn't here making political calculations. He's here to shake his fist at, 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 at history, shake his fist at God. All right, that th- this isn't about. Um, this, this isn't, he's not doing mental math. He's not, what is this? He's not doing any of that. He's not doing any of that. This is a guy that absolutely believes in, in the Sovietism that he preaches, period. Uh, Speaking of VP choices, Joe Biden is on camera this morning, uh, in Iowa saying, whomever I uh, pick for VP, quote, (laughs) 
must be capable of being president because I'm an old guy. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I saw that earlier. And I forgot. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. If we didn't have all of the other creepy, un- awkward uncomfortabilities, that's the kind of self-awareness that I think could actually help an uncle. If the persona was still Uncle Joe, okay? Or if you view his persona as Uncle Joe, that level you, is, of self-awareness, you take that as breathtaking honesty, right? You're like, yeah, <laughs> finally, a, a guy sure. who tells the yeah. truth. But when, it, when it's put in the context of what the last four to six months have been like watching him on the campaign trail, yeah. It, it becomes another. It, it doesn't become a rare example of self awareness from a politician, but it it becomes cringy. Grandpa just says things. Yes, yep. becomes that. You're exactly right. It's not your old man. You know, hey, I'm going to serve one more term here as the CEO of the family business. But I think we all know that you know, at my age, I ain't buying green bananas. So who I pick here to be my CFO or COO is going to be really important. You may have to step it right. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 It, it, with the with what we've seen before, this is just grandpa got grandpa got run over by a reindeer again. Is what happened. He's just saying stuff. You're right, Todd. Power moves only says the U.S. men win the World Cup in Todd's lifetime. Sell. I'll I'll defer to him. That sell then it. It is really, really hard, uh, to get beyond. The multi-sport culture that I mean, the athletes are here in theory, but we're not just gonna give up. And even let, let's say, for the sake of argument, football, like uh, American football. Uh, and I know Steve has argued against this uh, ever happening, and I don't disagree with him. I'm just saying, for the sake of argument, let's say that does die. Th- those those athletes uh, are some of those athletes might go to soccer, but football is a different animal in terms of generally speaking the type of athlete uh it attracts so you just these this is a soccer is a religion in many many other parts of the world and they don't have other um team sport distractions it's Mm -hmm. this is just a it's 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 i think it might be a bridge too far uh for america yeah it's soccer is to the rest of to a lot of places, the rest of the world, what football is to the south, and it's endemic to the culture there, and it's it's you've got to have a massive demographic shift to compete against something like that, or you've got to be able to do what you know, like an Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, and, and pull players out of those regions to come play for you. Okay, the U.S. men's team can't go pull players from the UK or France or Guyana or wherever to come and play for them. So you've got to have a, your, your, your native cultural mindset about the sport has to have a dramatic shift therefore, so that the best and more superior athletes play your sport instead of all the others that you're talking about. All right. Uh, Steve or no, Sheev Dace Palpatine says, uh, Maryland (laughs) will win the big 10 conference title. Rutgers will win the big 10 tournament. That name is great. For those of you that aren't nerds, uh, Shiv, uh, Shiv Palpatine, that, that's the Emperor's first name and last name in the Star Wars universe is Shiv Palpatine. Is that, right? can, can I see the avatar for that? That's the same guy. He, he was just like last a couple of weeks. You're more used to this. For a while, he was Darth Erzin. That was the was first he? time I so had. He's, the, he's, yeah. he, so now I'm the, now. Yeah. So you're redeemable. I'm, <laughs> I'm. 
I'm not. You can um, come back from the dead for no apparent reason in another trilogy. <laughs> Inexplicably. <laughs> Just as long as I don't show up as uh, McIntyre Binks or Aaron Aaron Binks or something like that. Oh, yes. That would be a good slam. Yeah. Yes. I-, I can buy that. I, I think I think I think there's a multitude of combination possibilities to who could uh, who could uh, win both the regular season. What we have four or five teams and then a game of each other in the loss column right now, mm-hmm. right? And then I think that Big Ten tournament man. I mean, you look at my team. You know, we might finish ninth or tenth in this league in the standings, but if we're sitting there with Isaiah Livers healthy and and Xavier Simpson back from suspension at the Big Ten tournament, yeah. would it shock you if we won three or four in a row? Oh no, no, it wouldn't. So. If if you got to play, if, if could a team like a Wisconsin, which forces you to play in a in a you know, you're being generous in an I alley, think. could they could they? Rutgers kind of has a similar style. I I could buy that. It wouldn't be my prediction, but it's as good as any prediction that I would make. We may be checking out of that sweepstake space on some like the reasons Kobe King may have not been at the last game. Like he's suddenly not. He doesn't like the direction of the pro, like. What, what is going on when I? A guy who really well, if one of your if one of your teammates uh, was a nut grabber, you might reconsider yeah. you know, playing on that. And and apparently, there's no punishment for this repeatedly. Oh. Um, uh, you know, if, if you were playing with that guy, you might be making some business decisions yourself, right? Yes. Okay. All right. The climacalypse uh, cometh says D Ford says commits uh, two oh, Aaron. offsides <laughs> penalties in the Super Bowl with one being. At a critical moment, uh, karma and the, you get to get the payback for what happened last year against the Patriots. Yeah, I'm gonna sell. I, I, something tells me, like I said earlier, when we a couple weeks ago, when the when the soup, when the match was first set, I, if there's one thing we know about this game on Sunday, Kyle Shanahan is not getting criticized, not running the ball too much. D Ford is gonna line up, man, at strong safety, bro, to make sure he ain't offsides in the fourth quarter of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, because he hasn't lived that one down for a year. So no, I'm gonna sell. But I like your sense of yeah, humor. I, if I, I think that I think this game might be over by halftime in favor of the Chiefs. Wow, wow! I'm starting to lean that way. Okay, and I'm not just doing that to tickle Aaron's ears. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm growing in. Well, I told Aaron it was like a, six weeks ago. Yeah, I told you, Chiefs getting man. right at the hot at the right time. Yeah. Uh, Go Bucks and Cancer Sucks says, with the underwhelming trilogy performance and excitement behind the Mandalorian Caesar series, Kathleen Kennedy will be replaced by John Favreau as president of Lucasfilm. So, you, you, you under, speaking of under something, you underestimate the, power the cockroach-like of the power to live on in wokeness. They just don't, they don't, they just destroyed the undestroyable and they should have been gonna, fired yesterday and I it's agree. not happening i agree i'm gonna buy though and i think what's happened with the kenobi series uh, may be a last straw and they were just about ready to roll and everything else and the scripts came back and they didn't like uh, them how? and they've got to go back to the drawing board how I've does seen, that happen i've been saying that that the level know? of mismanagement here i i'm i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy on that it clearly goes beyond Kathleen Kennedy. There's something systemic about this franchise now that causes people. You talked, you know, what causes people, rich wealth? What is it about Star Wars that is just sucking the life of what uh, must have been talented enough people to enter this conversation at some point? I don't know. I wish I knew. 
but this isn't just a Disney issue. Lucas did this to his own prequel trilogy. He wanted to politicize it and sermonize out with it rather than just telling great stories. So the, I, I know the theory, particularly amongst people that believe like and think as we do, is that this is all the wokey progressiveness of Star Wars and they're struggling with that. Lucas actually started, I mean, the, the first villains we, we see in, in, in episode one, The Phantom Menace, the first, the main villains named after, oh, yeah, Newt, it, it, or named after Trent Lott and Newt Gingrich. Okay, so this isn't new. Um, and, and I think beginning, so I don't think that there is a mass progressive plot to ruin Star Wars. I do think you have a bunch of progressives that want to, you know, put their worldview in it like anybody would with their own worldview. But the idea that, that this just became a uniquely Disney problem, Lucas was struggling with these exact same issues. I mean, at one point, Kenobi looks at, uh, in Revenge of the Sith, the one prequel movie that's actually good. And he looks at him and says, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And yet he belongs to a religious order that has the absolute of a Jedi cannot marry self-awareness much at all no so again i don't think this is just some new wokiness at disney polluting star wars that's a popular pet theory i don't think that's it oh, I don't because think it's this new. was going on bef- that that thing was going on before we even got to disney i'm saying the snowball keeps growing it there's no consequences and that's it what gets and that's worse. and that's why i think worse. you just go with occam's razor she's a bad manager she can't run and lead the franchise period and I, I, I think all those other things that we find come to a head because she doesn't know what she's doing, period. Adam Luce says this year's October surprise will be notorious RBG Ruth Bader Ginsburg retiring, knowing she may not last another four years and it could rally the Democrats. So. I like the way you're thinking, though. Mm-hmm. I think there's some cleverness there. I'm no four dimensional chess. Well, there's, I don't think that's four dimensional chess, four dimensional chess. Have is, you seen me, this impeachment here? Four dimensional chess is the guy I voted for. And I think is Winston Churchill did something dumbass. So he can't possibly have stepped on a rake. So let me retcon some explanation that hope that makes this all make sense. Cause if I, cause if he, he can't just, he, if, if he's not the last son of Krypton, then he's of no use to me. That's what four dimensional chess is. There is some chess. And I, I could see a, a woman given, given the stature she has attained. I, I could see a woman of, of uh, her intellectual capacity pulling a move like that. So I'll buy because I, I also want to honor your cleverness. I think that's a clever ploy. All right. Uh, we'll move on to Kevin Soley, who says Kansas City goes down by two scores before coming back to win the Super Bowl. No. I mean, that's happened twice in a row. I... I, I I expect the opposite to happen. I I, I think they are. I, there's going to be a sense like, yeah, we're good. We know we're good. We can come back if we have to. But this is the Super Bowl, man. We we we're not going to tempt fate like that. I think I think they're going to. Andy Reid is going to have a virtuoso performance. And they're more likely to be up two touchdowns at halftime. I, I could buy it because I, I could see that happening because we've already seen it in the playoffs. So I could see it happening. Yeah. All right, that's it for that Buy, it? Sell, Hold. All right, when we come back, our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz will be here. You don't want to miss it. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast in a moment. 
Time to go inside politics with our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz, host of the Conservative Review podcast as well. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. Great to be with you, Steve. I guess I'm just in the wrong business, but uh, you know, I appreciate these weekly uh, lamentations because, look, Steve, without you, where would I be? You get a chance to just come on here and vent your spleen, and we love it. We love that about you. So can I begin with a question I don't understand? And maybe you have some knowledge that I don't, because you usually do when I don't understand something, all right? Can you tell me why I'm watching, including some big names, I'm watching conservatives go to war on Twitter for like the last week and a half about the Georgia Senate primary system and who gets appointed to this job and blowing up the jungle primary and and and, and legislative... All, and, and I'm like, okay, but so who can run? And it's so this Congressman Doug Collins that has a 50% F Liberty score at Conservative Review right now. Can you explain to me why, why conservatives have to go to war with each other so that a guy with a 50% F Liberty score can run in a U.S. Senate primary? Why? why, why? What's the point of this? I, I don't understand it. You always say you want to fear God and make money. I mean, I understand no one else wants to fear God, but do you want to make money? I mean, Steve, you got to get clicks for your 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 show, your website. Um, let so me so first, why, uh, why does this guy give me clicks? Why, why does he give me something? What? Well, look, come on. I mean, this guy at impeachment, I mean. Oh, he's one of those stuff- guys. See, I'm not watching any of this, so I don't know. No, I but he. Okay. No, there. Look, he is the most ardent defender. Of the I don't president. watch cable news, and I haven't watched three nanoseconds of impeachment. Schiff. Okay, he has taken down Adam Schiff better than anyone else because that's a Herculean task. Look, look. I mean, well, Steve, let me just first embellish your question. I'm going to expand it more, and then we'll answer it. So, um, John Binder at Breitbart has an article out today that 123 Republicans, including about half of the existing Republican senators, sent a letter to DHS requesting more low-skilled third-world workers because we don't have enough of that flooding our communities. And even after the Trump administration brought in more H-2B and H-2A visas than Obama did, but it's not enough. And Doug Collins was was on there. Um, In addition, you know all that dog poop no, – I'm sorry, human poop – um, in San Francisco, the homeless list of vagrancy, the crime, the theft, the drugs going up everywhere in the nation. Oh, those crazy Democrats. I mean, look at that alt left, Steve. I mean, this new woke era. I mean, they make Obama look conservative, right? Oh, well, whoops, I forgot. Doug Collins was the lead sponsor of the House jailbreak bill, which, by the way, if not for people like me and Senator Tom Cotton, he was fine to include his original sponsored bill with Hakeem Jeffries, who, by the way, is one of the House impeachment managers, um, letting out federal sex offenders and uh, people who fail to register as, as sex offenders and all sorts of violent people and letting out gun felons, reducing their sentencing. And believe me, at a federal level, those are your gang members. Ninety percent of them are gang members. He is a very see, Steve, you don't believe in Jesus. Uh, Doug Collins does. Jesus wants more low-skilled workers. He wants um, 150 chances for violent criminals, but victims only get one chance to live. Um, but look, you know, I mean, he's got some really good video clips on that hearing. I mean, uh, you, you can't really outdo that, Steve. So we're going to go to bat. Um, there, there's one other thing here. Now, 
the appointed senator is Kelly Leffler, um, if I'm pronouncing the name right. Now, now I, who is she? Be, who is she? To be fair, I don't know. To okay. be fair, so but I want to give you something very and a very important insight here. I do my homework, as you well know. Um, when I did uh, more uh, partisan politics, getting involved in primaries, I had a primary uh, candidate on my show today. I would literally talk to people in the district. I would talk to people I know there. I would do my homework. I would learn the ins and outs of the race. I would learn the dynamic. I wouldn't go on stereotypes like, this is a wealthy establishment person. This guy served in the military. Well, yeah, but you could, you have really bad candidates that served in the military that, that wind up screwing us, that aren't, you know, that just spew the talking points. So there is, they, ha- they have this really good cosmetic narrative. And, and it fits the bill most of the time. Oh, some rhino governor going, appointing the highest donor, some, you know, hack for stupid political considerations to win the female suburban vote, you know, some nobody. Because we have seen know, just, stuff like that in the past. Let's, yeah, let's be honest yeah, about that. It's yeah, not like that. Yeah, that, that that's yeah. rare. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a very good narrative. And Doug Collins comes to represent conservatives. But the reality is um, Brian Kemp, the governor, is the only governor in America that I could see so far. That is fighting jailbreak. He's actually going the other way around. He's getting tougher on gangs. He recognizes crime is growing. And I have spoken to a lot of people that I know she is really, you know, going to work with Sessions and Cotton. And a lot of those people involved with Brian Kemp are on, on crime are with her. Now, again, I don't. I don't know much. That's all I know so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not going to endorse her. And, you know, the cynical side of me thinks, yeah, probably nothing's going to come of it. And I don't know how she is on other issues. But, Steve, that is a watershed issue in America. That is an issue that's going to affect our communities and lives more than any other issue. That is an issue that if you have to determine whether someone is with the donor class or with the people, that is it. Believe me, if you are at all with the donor class, you cannot touch being opposed to criminal justice reform with a 10-foot pole. So could, could we do our homework a little bit? Could we just like – and again, I don't know her. I'm not going to bat for her. No one from her campaign reached out to me. Um, but but this is what it is, Steve. Facts and details just don't matter in this business. I just need to retire. I mean it doesn't matter. It's just like I thought that bill was nonviolent offenders. You know, I mean this is Proverbs and, and Ecclesiastes. I mean what's the p- point in accumulating all this knowledge? I could just uh, work 2% of the time, have my great talking points, shop them around everywhere on the media, and and that's it. But uh, but this is what it is. It's like a football game where the fight is between the two squads of cheer- cheerleaders mm-hmm. yelling at each other while one side always wins on the field itself. Uh-huh. That's that's exactly what's it's, happening. It's why, it's why I'm not involved in the Republican Party anymore. Because I mean, I'm I'm fine making enemies if 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 we're scoring touchdowns and winning games. Yeah. I, I, but if what? Why make enemies? Why have my kids get weird looks around town because of who their dad is for the urination contest that you're describing? It doesn't. It, there's. It's a pointless but, but Steve, exercise. Steve, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. So it would be one thing if let me tell you, 
These guys, these conservative figures and show hosts, men, are they on the money when it comes to primaries? They're all about primaries. They don't care about Democrat primaries. They're focused on the GOP primaries because, by golly, we want Trump to not only win but have the most successful second term he could have, have the most people that support the MAGA agenda in the House and Senate so we don't have a repeat of the first two crappy years of, of, of the trifecta of control in Congress. We're really on it, and everywhere we have around the map, we're going to root out these rhinos. But you know what's interesting? These guys could be struck by lightning, and, and, and they, won't, they won't wake up and, and have uh, any electrons or, or brain cells focused on primaries. So when it came to uh, Arizona, a real rhino governor who supports in-state tuition for illegal aliens, Doug Duncy, um, and, and more refugees— uh, but but I guess, you know, again, Doug Collins will tell you that's what what Jesus wants. So uh, he appointed Martha McSally because not only is she a rhino, but she did such a great job losing the first Senate seat last election. So now let's give her the opportunity to lose the next seat, which she's well on her way to losing, by the way, to, to Mark Kelly. So th there was no complaints about that. Um, when a guy who finally had money challenged Tom Tillis in North Carolina uh, you know, no one backed him, and, and Trump went in and supported Tom Tillis, and the guy dropped out. Um, who is more MAGA than Chris Kobach running in Kansas? So who's running there? Steve Marshall. This is the lying scoundrel that's, that's in the back pocket of the open borders ag lobby whores um, in, in, in western Kansas. That, that beat Tim Hulescamp by lying about his record when Tim Hulescamp was the first selfless person who was a solid conservative, yeah, fiscal, I know Tim. social, good guy. immigration, yep. really good guy, yep. um, utter piece of garbage. But, you know, he'll the White House, by the way, doesn't want Kobach. They, they they actually try to get Pompeo, who wants to run for president in 2024. Yeah, actually, he's not running anyway. But they, yeah, they, 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 tried to get, they tried to get him to leave yeah. his post to run for Senate to save them from Kobach being the nominee. They don't want him either. Then, then let's move on to Mississippi. You had Chris McDaniel, which really, in many ways, kicked off the MAGA movement. Um, this Cindy Hyde-Smith loser, who's a lifelong Democrat, um, she just also signed on to that uh, import endless uh, low-skilled third-world migrants because we don't have enough uh, letter. Because if there's anything we know Mississippi has too much of— it's jobs for their citizens, right? If there's anything, it's high paying jobs. If we know there's anything Mississippi's just always flooded with every year, it's there's a glut of high paying jobs for the population down there. Indeed. Yes. The biggest rate in American history was just done there, obviously. But, but no, there's no such thing as a red state in America. So Chris McDaniel sucks, and they had to go and get um, Trump to endorse Cindy Hyde Smith, uh, who has voted for all the garbage, horrible. You know, there you go. So Mississippi, New York, same thing. But I digress. Issues don't matter. It's all about impeachment. Well, there's someone called Mitt freaking Romney. Now, I supported a guy named Mike Kennedy. He was in the Utah legislature, a good guy. He actually had some really spirited good moments in the debates against him, but no one followed it. Now, look, Romney's tough to beat. He had full name ID, former presidential candidate, lots of money. But he was kind of a carpetbagger, and he was not an incumbent. It was an open seat. And Trump could have endorsed Kennedy. Instead, Trump endorsed Romney, thereby sealing his fate and pulling the ladder up from reinforcements trying to join him in storming the castle. 
and we have him. Never, never could I find a modicum of support in this wretched, pathetic, loser movement to get involved in any of these cases. The one time they find religion is to promote a guy who's open borders, a guy who who is more pro-criminal than de Blasio is. Even he wants to reform some of that garbage there. I mean, Steve, what is the point? I don't know, which is why I don't get involved in this stuff anymore. And the the political part of the process to me is purely 100% transactional, meaning if I can get involved in a way that advances my belief system or defends me, I will. And if I can't, I won't. Otherwise, I have I have no interest in 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 long form activism in this party slash movement, period, because I've, I've lived and experienced all the various things that you're talking about right now. And it's there. It's a it's a. It's a dead end, and it's why I'm a staunch supporter of the Convention of States. I understand why people have some reservations about it, but it's a, but one of the few platforms I can see out there that gives us a voice outside of the duopoly that you're describing, and 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 it, I don't know a way around it. I I don't. I, I don't know, but but Steve, what hurts me so much is the lost opportunity. Trump, Trump is such an opportunity. You know, it is practically impossible to beat an incumbent rhino in a primary and it's 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 nine out of ten times uh the the loser weak republican wins in in an, in an open seat as well it's very hard to beat the party establishment trump was the great equalizer think about it trump is everything to republican voters so here you have this opportunity to steer him in a way where you could have candidates that will a hundred percent support him. They'll support him rhetorically. They'll support him on impeachment and Mueller. They'll support, but they'll also push the issues. And despite having no name ID or a lack of funding, maybe they won't win a hundred percent of the time with an endorsement. They'll sure as heck have more of a chance than they have now. And yet there is never an effort to get him involved, except we have a penchant for coming in at the wrong time the wrong moment for the wrong reason for the wrong person. How about if I make you further depressed? I know for a fact he doesn't keep a schedule like most presidents have. And so yep. when, when, especially when he's at the Oval Office, I know this for a fact, when he's at the White House. What if I were to tell you that when he is at the White House, he actually leaves his schedule open all day for people that want to come in and meet with him, that want to present ideas, that want to... I know this for a fact. Yep. I know that this is how he operates uh, the Oval Office when he's not on the road or on a state trip. I know this for a fact, which means we could send people up there all the time. You know, we could we we could do that. I mean, I mean, Steve, think about it every day. What do I do? I, I scan the field, look for plays to make. I look for what matters to conservatives in terms of electoral politics, issues, state, federal courts, executive. Branch, but you don't look at it from what will right? get me on Fox News tonight. No, no, exactly. But but I'm just saying I'm doing that. But no one else. You're right. No one else does that. But do you know who does do it? McCarthy, McConnell, the establishment, they know what they want and they will make sure to go to Trump and pressure. him. And here's the interesting thing. So it used to be like, look, he's not really ideological, but he only gets involved if it's personal. So someone who attacks him will get involved. But here's the deal. It's not true. It's if you look at the common denominator of what Trump does. It's he'll go after those that fit two criterion. One, they did personally attack him. But number two, they're also, for various reasons, out of favor with the establishment. Hence, Justin Amash 
and Mark Sanford. Now, you know my politics. I'm a traditional law and order conservative. I'm certainly not a libertarian, and I don't agree with them on many, many issues. I don't agree with them on impeachment. But at least they did have a saving grace that they did challenge the establishment, healthcare, fiscal issues, you know, budget. There was some saving grace to them. Okay. So therefore, it was a perfect thing. McCarthy, these guys want to get rid of them. They just go straight to Trump. Mm -hmm. But when you have people like Martha Roby, who said Trump must drop out, there's another candidate, Daily Wire wrote about this in Florida 26, um, in an open seat, a guy who, who, who said he voted for Hillary, and he said Trump must drop out. And there was this woman candidate who is um, a refugee from, from Cuba that is 100% into Trump and MAGA. She was passed over and he endorsed the other person, right? So it only the, – the being against Trump only matters if you don't have the establishment backing or if the establishment hates you. If you look around the map, you'll notice that theme. And it, it, the crying shame is it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. Before we let you go, can you – we haven't done this in a while because I get a lot of questions about this whenever I bring up these people's liberty scores. Can you just give people like a one-minute – what the, how do we how do we calculate the liberty score? How do you do it over there at the conservative review? Sure. So so obviously um, we don't we don't count. Okay, did you back Trump's pick for Secretary of State? We we pick the things that are a they're very impactful policy wise. It's not just some some off the beaten path thing. And then b they're things that really determine are you with conservatives. It's the budget bills, it's the debt ceilings, you know, it's some of the immigration bills. It's the things that really separate the men from the boys. It's the stuff that cuts beyond the talking points. That if you are a modicum of what you are, what you're talking about, that you want, oh, reduce spending and uh, cutting a balanced budget on pro-life, these are the things you would do. Um, that's the difference. That's why so many of these guys have such low scores. And and that's the reality. We are the only organization that scored against that wretched jailbreak bill that 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 is rooted in in something more extreme than what Dukakis was was promoting. Um, we don't pr forget our principles, and it it's hard. The truth hurts, and, and it's just a rolling average of those of those votes. And that, uh, you know, over the over your last 50 or so, depending on how long you've been in office yeah. of those yeah. votes, just a rolling average. That's all yeah, that it is. We're not looking for perfection. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to get that. But but Steve, there's got to be some standard. Th th there's got to be sure. something like that you matters. like Tom Cotton, right? His liberty score is only like 78, 79 percent. Yeah. But but it, it's not but enough. It's deceiving grace. Like on real civilization issues that matter, sure. he's very good. I, I, I mean, bring that up to show that you're, it, you're, it's not because your detractors are going to say it's because I get this too. It's a hundred percent or nothing. No, I mean, yeah. no, so like, I mean, like, Tom Tom Cotton's a C plus B minus Liberty score, yeah. but it's not an. And you're fine with working with him, but it's not an F. Like you got to really be terrible that, to get an F in here. That's my point. I mean, Mike Lee, I very strongly disagree with on a lot of important issues, but there's a lot of issues where he's he's stellar on. But you look at a guy like Doug Collins, you look at Elise Stefanik, you look at all these people being promoted in this impeachment. Impeachment's going to be over. What do we do then? What are we left with? Yep. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for venting your spleen. We'll do it again next week. Take care. Take care. That's going to do it for this uh, day's episode. We will be back tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Don't forget the overtime today here at Blaze TV. Until then, John 317.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.